And Howie Mandel's head is shiny. My name is Michael Holler. Um, let's just cut right to the chase. Okay? So, uh, Avengers came out this weekend, and statistically speaking, you've probably seen it. If the box office numbers are any indication, um, there's a good chance you already saw it. It made a 200... No, I think $27 million, something like that, opening Thursday, uh, which is $8 million more than the predecessor, the first Avengers film. That's more than the entire... GDP of like North Korea and Iran combined, <laughs> but uh, but we we both saw it. Um, I saw it slightly earlier than Pino. Yeah, you went to the midnight showing. I, you know, I like this was kind of surprising to me because it was the one like big major event movie that's come out in a while that I was completely apathetic towards. I was like, uh, I I wasn't like not well I was kind of not excited about it I was just like yeah it's coming out I'll see it it'll probably be good whatever I wasn't like oh man I gotta go see this uh, opening midnight whatever no that was your feelings for Fifty Shades yeah you saw okay you saw it at midnight um, what were your thoughts um, well we both had very differing opinions oh, I allegedly. enjoyed it for the most part I did feel like it was a little disjointed but I think this comes from uh, Joss Whedon saying that the original cut of the film was 4 hours and 15 minutes yeah I'd heard that too yeah. and it shows yeah it, it does it feels really disjointed at parts uh, but for me I, I felt like the biggest obstacle of the film was that it had to get over the shock value because we, we saw the Avengers come together uh-huh. and that was the most fun it was basically a gamble, like an eight-year gamble of, is this going to work? Is it yeah. going to work? And it worked wonderfully. It was spectacular, but we live now in a post-Avengers world. The words Marvel Cinematic Universe is now something that I use on a daily basis, so it's no big surprise to me at this point, seeing Iron Man, Captain America, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, all on screen together at once, because mm-hmm. it's been done before. Sure. Um, that being said, I do feel as if it was a really entertaining action film that had a strong enough cast to deliver performances which I still found enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That being said, the uh, the story, the plot, or or more likely plots, uh, were a little everywhere. They were ridiculous. Now, I'm not going to hide my feelings. I can't, in all fairness, say that this is the worst comic book movie of all time because it's simply not true. Uh, it's still seen, Howard the Duck. I've seen um, Batman Returns. I've seen Batman and Robin. I've seen Catwoman. Uh, I've seen, seen them all at midnight showings. <laughs> yeah, I saw the midnight showing of Batman Returns in 1992 and I was one. Um, it was a good time. That experience lasted with him forever. I can't, in all fairness, say that this was the worst comic book movie of all time. However, I can, with great enthusiasm, say I detested this film more than any other comic book movie I have ever seen. I really didn't like... like, And I've talked about on the podcast before uh, my experience with uh, Captain America, the Mm -hmm. first Avenger, the first Captain America film. 
I walked out of it. Twice? Twice. Um, I, I could not finish that film. I've seen the whole thing. It's because he couldn't masturbate to it. Never at once. It was difficult. Okay? It's I got a thing with the 20s or 40s. When was World War II? I don't know. Um, anyway, I this, I had to force myself to stay in the theater. Like, I, it was just killing me. From, from, not necessarily from top to bottom. Now, the first, the opening sequence, I thought it, I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I thought it looked, I, one of my big problems with this movie is I'm so sick of this big CGI spectaculars. And this is coming fresh on the heels of The Winter Soldier, the second Captain America movie, which I thought was fucking fantastic. It is, hands down, the best Marvel movie that has come out to date. Um, Part of what I loved about the action in that movie, it was a very action-packed movie, not quite so much as this was, but there was a lot of practical, um, not necessarily effects, but all of the like fighting and fight choreography, that was all practically done. That was all just martial arts, that was people punching people. Mm-hmm. That's part of what I really, really love about Daredevil, is it's the same kind of thing. Um, so what I'm hearing from Mr. Pino is he loves DC uh, because they're going with the whole dark and gritty Everything has to be darker and grittier. I didn't say anything about dark, dark and gritty. Dark and gritty. Oh, make no. it real. Dark and gritty. You know, and that was... Dark and gritty, make it real. Part of what I didn't like about this opening fight sequence was that it was a little bit too... It wasn't dark and gritty in the same sense that Batman is dark and gritty, but it was gray-looking. It, it was desaturated. Looked, yeah. It, yeah. Looked, it didn't look like a Joss Whedon film. Um... But I, I was totally okay with, like, the quips and, like, the Whedonisms, which they, oh, do they beat you over the face with it in this opening scene. Yeah. Like, everybody is Iron Man in this scene. Yeah. Um, a lot of it does really work for the film, though. The interaction between the characters is, I think, what the driving yeah, force of yes, it is. Yes, That is uh, the strongest thing that uh, he's got in this film and in the last one. Um, they're fun and as I was watching that I was really kind of taken aback and saying you know this is what is lacking in in other comic book movies is just the sense of wonder and excitement and just let it be fun it's not a big serious event Um, what are you you talking about movies have to be dark and gritty superheroes are serious business superheroes are desaturated (laughs) they can't have colors superheroes can't have color anymore Um, Iron Man could say Okay, we're gonna have a talk and then blow them on. Good talk, and then the guy's yeah. like, "No, it wasn't." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I was sitting. I was like, in any other film, I would have been like, "That was stupid," but I was like, eh. <laughs> "Yeah." That being said, that was about where my enjoyment of this film ended. Was after that sequence. Um, I think the whole thing from top to bottom was completely muddled. Uh, you were telling me that part of the opening. Mm-hmm. Is a lead in from Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Yeah, uh, Agents of Shield. One of the two main bad bad guys from Agents of Shield currently are Lists and Strucker, mm-hmm. and they're the two heads of Hydra. Now we see Lists a lot. We you don't should really, have seen more of them. Yeah, we didn't see much of Strucker in Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. but uh, the whole lead in towards the Avengers is if if you're not caught up with Agents of Shield, which. Oh, just go ahead and say, spoilers, Marvel spoilers. Universe throughout. Spoilers, Marvel Universe throughout. Yeah, we're going to spoil some things from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's no way that you could talk about this crap without, you know. Yeah, um, but the the most recent episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, was an episode called The Dirty Half Dozen, and it features the entire gang, the entire S.H.I.E.L.D. gang. They get back together, and they raid a Hydra facility. And uh, 
Shut up. And um, and what happened? Um, but um, they they invaded they invaded Hydra base. They blew a major hit to Hydra. That was weird the way I phrased it. They dealt a major blow to Hydra. It's also they blew weird. a major cock. <laughs> they blew a dick to Hydra. And um, the whole end game that Coulson had that he was hiding from the team was he was downloading the information of where Hydra was hiding Loki's scepter. Mm-hmm. And the very end of the episode ends with him having a private conversation with Maria Hill, and they're talking about Loki's scepter and its ability to brain control people and how dangerous that would be if Hydra gets a hold of it. And the actual uh, clinical term is the Loki pokey stick. The Loki pokey stick. That sounds sexual. Um, and uh, Coulson ends the episode saying, it's time to call in the Avengers. And then, mm-hmm. boom, episode ends, and Avengers starts, and there you go. Cool. Um, I think that was actually my biggest letdown in the movie. I wanted to see Coulson reunited with the Avengers. A lot of people have been saying that, and I think that... I mean, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so, you know... I do miss Coulson. I think he's great. I had no problem with the uh, the the logic of the opening. I was just like, you know... I didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't know anything about that subplot. You don't watch TV. I really don't. In fact, you don't have eyes. <laughs> Maybe. Um... I didn't have a problem with it. I was just like, okay, Avengers are fighting Hydra because that's what they do. And I was like, oh, I didn't know what happened to the Loki pokey stick, so why not? I did. You know what's. I've come to find in this movie when I sat there and think about it, like, I have no idea what any of these fucking Infinity Gems do. Because, like, the entire time that I was watching the Avengers, I thought that the thing in the Loki pokey stick was the same thing that they used to open the thing that Odin takes back in the end. And the way that I just described that is just as well as they did. <laughs> there are two different Infinity Gems at, at play in the first Avengers movie. The Tesseract. Well, the Tesseract was the box that yeah. the Space Gem in the, was in. in the first. Yeah. It was the Space Jam, the Space Jam if you will. Welcome to the Space Jam. Um, that Hydra uses to make the big blue laser guns. Speaking of Nazis, doesn't Michael Jordan have a Hitler mustache? Oh, yeah, he do. Um... They used that to make the big blue space bombs in Captain America, and then they lose the Tesseract. But the Loki Pokey Stick is something completely different. That's the Mind Gem. Yeah. Um, the Loki Stick. Loki Pokey Loki Stick. Loki Pokey Stick. You do the Loki Pokey and you turn yourself around. Right. All it takes is Kevin a, Smith made that up. All, That's all, not it, anything. all it takes is a concussive blow to the head. I'll show you a concussive blow. Um, I, I, I don't know the... Infinity Stones. That was the moral of the story. And uh, I forgot where we were. We know four so far. The Tesseract, which was introduced in Captain America, I mean, the first I know event. all of them because I'm aware of them, but like. No, you don't. You pay attention to them as much as you did Lord of the Flies. <laughs> then we have the Loki Pokemon Control Stick, uh, is the second gem we saw. Yeah. The. Whatever the hell the stone was in Thor the Dark World was the third one, and the Ether from Guardians of the Galaxy was the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, all kind of marginally more or less defined. They're not really well defined, but no, we have the Tesseract. It's a source of infinite power, the mind control one, which... Mm -hmm. The space one opens up wormholes. The uh, The mind control makes people's eyes black. The power one blew things up at Guardians of the Galaxy. And then the other one... What are you doing? (laughs) I'm distracting you, you big turd nugget. And there's best line in any movie ever. But now we're a little bit ahead of ourselves uh who are the two villains that you just said that are in agents of shield uh Strucker. list and strucker 
Lips and Stroker. Lips and Stroker. They should have been like the primary antagonists in this film, or the secondary antagonists after Ultron. My problem starts with the uh, Maximov twins. Who got no introduction outside of the one in uh, Winter Soldier. Well, that's the thing. If you don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I did, I crunched the numbers, the people that actually watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for every episode and also watch these movies at the same time and know what the fuck is going on, that's seven people in the whole world. <laughs> um, if that was all set up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't give a fuck because it happened on TV. I cannot be expected to sit through, wade through two seasons of bullshit because you said the first two seasons suck, right? Uh, the first half of the first season Whatever, sucks. Whatever, same thing. So the first 13 episodes I cannot be expected good. to wade through all that crap just to watch this next Avengers movie. I know, you're you just need... unemployed. I what have... do you do with your time? Right. Well, I have no problem with Master them like Pete. connecting all of these things, and I think that's great. Well, it's a tagline for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's all connected. Right. But you have to, if you're going to make a standalone movie like that, you... Make it standalone. Yeah. You you have to at least get people up to speed. And it's it's a tricky... Um, situation to be in. It's a lot of plates that they're turning at once, yeah. and I don't fault them for that much. But the Maximoff twins shouldn't have been in this movie at all. There was no reason for them. If you had uh, Stroker and Hoop, or whoever they were, as the secondary villains... Bram and Stoker. Yeah, you could have set up the twins for the next stupid movie or something. But I, and I think about this. I'm like... What was the impetus for putting them in this movie? They don't really belong here. Like, of all of the characters in the Marvel Universe that they now have access to, why do you go with two X-Men villains? Other than it has to just be, like, a pissing competition, right? It's got, it's, it's got to be who's got the bigger dick. Um, 20th Century Fox or uh, Disney Marvel. Because they both put Quicksilver in the same movie within six months of each other. Yeah. So, and it was so much better in Days of Future Past. I disagree. Oh my god. How can you disagree with okay. that? Okay. Days of Future Past is a movie that the more I watch of it, the less I like it. I, I'm not saying that it's a, you know, a, yeah. I, I, thought, I liked it. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's like the best movie in the world, but the Quicksilver sequence in that was so much more memorable well, and likable than the one in this. Well, he, it was, felt like, he really didn't do anything in this movie. He it, was very underused. Yeah, it felt like the Quicksilver use in Days of Future Past was very much a gimmick for that one particular scene. Oh, you know, sure. It, was, and it, it, it was, always confuses me. Like, why does he put the headphones in? Because the music would be playing at, like, one one-millionth of its actual speed anyways. He, well, Think he dilates time. It has something to do... There's an extra part of his powers that they didn't really explain. That, like, he... If, so what you're saying is it's poorly defined as the Infinity Gems. No. It's not. It's poorly defined, Sure. No, it's not poorly defined. It is his fucking sister's powers in this movie. That's what it's not as poorly defined as. <laughs> she's, she's that one asshole friend that's like, I have the powers to have all the powers. <laughs> she's she's the silver skeeter, right? Um, did you watch Doug? It was probably before your time. There was a character that they make fun of, the Silver Surfer, and Doug's like comic quail man. Yeah. And it's the Silver Skeeter, and his friend Skeeter makes up this character because they make a comic together. Yeah. But he overpowers him, and just um, anything that he needs the character to do, he's like, oh, he's got that power now, and then he's got that power now, kind of like the Silver Surfer. But um, that's who she was in this movie, right? It was like anytime it was convenient. Oh, yeah, I do this mind control thing. What was her actual thing, okay? It was... It was the power to completely lose her accent at different points in the movie. Oh, both of them kept doing that throughout the whole thing, which was like, come on, dude. Why even do the accent? Because um, their last name is Maximoff. Because they're from Kokosha. 
Uh, they, they, he was, they maxed him off in the other stupid movie, too, and we didn't, hey, you know, have an accent. They also weren't twins in Days of Future Past. You don't even know that it was actually her in the other thing. Um, you're talking about, like, the little red-haired girl that's sitting on his lap when he's watching TV? Yeah. I mean, they never really come out and say that that's Scarlet Witch. And I, for one, do not care at all. I don't give a shit about any of these characters in any medium. Yeah, because it's not like the X-Men movies have continuity to them anymore. No, no. So, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter in the slightest. It's really interesting that they they did this, they included these X-Men characters in this fine moral line where, does this mean that they can have any... X-Men characters as long as they don't use their X-Men name because they didn't call him Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver outright they just called uh, Petro and Wanda Maximoff no so, they can't like, there's no way that, that you're talking about like Fox using any wait no they no I'm talking about like them. Marvel so can they just have some guy with a beard and he's really hairy and he has metal claws and no. just call him Logan no why not they can't like, that's not how it works it's not, are you sure there's like a how'd they get Quicksilver there, we discussed this on a previous show um, I don't listen to our show. Yeah, we have a show. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, some sort of Legal the way that line. the contracts were divided. There are a couple of characters that fall into like this common ground between them. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley being the first one. Uh, you could put a Stanley in any Marvel movie. And then like it was Quicksilver. Can we just acknowledge the fact that Stanley said Excelsior in this movie and is hilarious? I don't even remember that. It was when he was at the party and Thor was handing out oh, the alcohol. Oh, he was drunk? Excelsior! Like it was a good Stanley cameo. I'll give him that much. Um, I, I mean, I didn't hate every little thing in this movie. I'm not going to be like the angry fanboy saying, everything fucking sucks, burn it down. No, that's what like, you do normally. Oh, that's, yeah, whatever. But I hated it. I'm just saying. Um, I feel like if you didn't have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in this movie, you would have had a lot more room to breathe. And at the end of the day, I didn't think that the movie was better off for having them. And the only... Like, I can't... Quicksilver's dead. (laughs) They killed him at the end. And he didn't do shit throughout the movie. I didn't feel any attachment to that character. Um, So when he died, it was just like, wait, I didn't see that coming, but also I don't care. Uh, I think my favorite part about Quicksilver was that one quip that Hawkeye has where after Quicksilver takes Wanda and, like, sprints away, Hawkeye has it. And I was like... No one would ever know. Yeah. Where was that little speedy bastard? I don't know. Last time I saw him, Ultron was standing on top of him. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Speaking but, of, Hawkeye was fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah, he was fine. I just, like, I, I feel like, give him his own movie. The, my, point, my problem with him in this is just, like, I didn't care about anything that he was doing. Like, they go to the farmhouse, and I'm like, I... It just felt so... The cynic in me is just like, it was because he complained in the last movie that he didn't have anything to do. Now they gave him something to do. And I'm just like... It's transparent. And I don't like that. I didn't care. Like, he had a pregnant wife or something. Like, yeah, so? I felt, that felt a little out of left field. It, but It I, was I, weird. The I, whole I, scene was weird. I it love was the... Like, f- why are they going to the farmhouse? Doesn't this kind of put, like, a giant arrow mark right on top of your pregnant wife's belly when the int- all of the Avengers are there now and Ultron is connected to the internet or something? He knows everything, and he could get anywhere with no explanation. He just shows up places. What I really loved when was when Wanda was, like, going over and, like, 
not hypnotizing, but basically hypnotizing everyone. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, goddammit, Hawkeye's gonna get hypnotized, mm-hmm. mind-controlled again. And he just turns around and stabs her in the forehead with a taser. He's like, mm-hmm. I've done that before, not gonna do it again. Right. Okay, so let's get on that a little bit. One of her powers is she could control people's minds. She could make people see their worst fears. She's basically the Loki Pokey stick in human form. So they didn't need the Loki Pokey so stick. So they didn't need the Loki Pokey No, they needed the Loki Pokey stick for one scene. They needed it to make Ultron. And that's another thing that I just did not understand how that happened. It happened so quick that I almost did not fucking see it. Um, they, they go in after they find this base and defeat everybody. Um, then I guess, what, Tony Stark takes the stick back to his house and he says, I'm going to use this to make an evil AI to destroy the world. Because I don't want to be in movies anymore. And I need somebody to take over for me. And who better than an evil, unstoppable robot that will want to destroy the world for no well-defined reason. And he's like, I'll just use the Loki Pokey stick on this robot that I made. Boom. And then they have a party. And then he just comes out and he's like, I'm Spaderbot2000 and I'm walking like the Joker. And they're like, who is that? And they're like, nobody knows. Um, next scene, he's evil. And he comes out and he's like, I want to destroy... And I'm quoting this verbatim. I want to destroy all humans. They're like, why do you want to do that? And he's like, fuck it, I don't know. Why not? I'm evil. <laughs> and that was the entirety of his motivation and character development. Because after that, lightning fast... Scene to scene, just him gallivanting the entire globe. Uh, that was another problem that I had, is they just, I felt like... They went places somebody, willy-nilly? Yeah they, yeah, they didn't need to. Like, this movie no. was so much bigger than it actually had to be. Yeah, the concept was that they wanted to make the Avengers an international staple. Well, fuck them. Um, but I think one of the things that I really loved about the first Avengers is the fact that the big climactic battle took place in New York. And that's not just an ethnocentric thing. I don't care that it took place in New York. It could be anywhere. It just took place in one area. Yeah, but, but like, when you have have some place where, like, all the comic book headquarters are in New York, every single Marvel story takes place in New York, setting it in New York gives that level of familiarity, and it gives it an aesthetic that you cannot duplicate. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like, back to when Pino was saying the problem with the first scene that he had was that everything just looked so bland. It looked like American Sniper tonally flat at points, where everything just looked flat. I have that problem in movies whenever they go to Eastern Europe for some reason. Because, yeah, They put it in the mountains and forest. It's all depressing and gray. uh, Yeah, it's like they... Am I watching Oliver Twist? That's when I completely checked out of Inception, was, like, when they went to the, like, GoldenEye location... Um, oh, in the base? Yeah. The snowy base? I was like, oh, I don't know why I don't like this in movies, but I don't like this in movies. <laughs> but, uh, but but no, yeah, it, it definitely had a sense of... It, it wasn't very much an adventure movie like Indiana Jones where like, oh, they're going different places. The locations were arbitrary to yeah, the task they were doing. Right. So if you're going to have some place and they're going someplace, make it mean something, you mm-hmm. know? This one, it just felt like they were traveling because... Tony Stark wanted to use up his Sky Miles. And again, I'm sure if we saw the four-hour cut of this movie, all of the places sense. would have made sense. Yeah. But now it was just like, we're in New York right now, and now we're someplace completely different. Can you? And it's just one scene to the next without any transition. Yeah. I'm just like, what? how did they get there? This yeah. is Dark Knight Rises all over again. <laughs> yeah. Only it happens 12 Every scene. times. Um, you ever watched that movie Night and Day? It was a Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz movie? No. Uh, well, it was a movie that always really pissed me off because there are instances where there were just 
complete bullshit circumstances. Like, you know the kind where, like, holy shit, how are these characters going to survive this mess? Um, well, it was at that point where the screenwriters didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did a transition where Tom Cruise would turn to Cameron Diaz and go, okay, sorry, but you can't see this, and do a Vulcan neck pinch and knock her out, and she'd wake up in the next scene. And it was one of those things where, like, what the fuck? What happened between point A and point... You can't... Sure, you can jump from point A to point B. You can't jump from point A to point F, right. like, immediately. Like... Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, the other thing... We touched on motivations for Ultron a little bit. As, you know, as far as Ultron as a character, he... I don't think we're ever going to get a character as good as Loki. But James Spader as Ultron was hilarious. He really made me I laugh. I liked him as Ultron. I didn't really like what they did with him. You know, looking back on the trailer, yeah. it looked so cool. Like, the whole character looked really cool. Where he was like, he looked something in- about hope. I'm going to take that away first. I was yeah. like, oh, that is fucking evil. Yeah, um, but this one, he he's confused, really. He's a confused it, villain. Which was weird. Yeah. Which was fucking weird. Like, midway through the movie, he just starts being emo. And he's like, I don't have any friends. And I'm like, then why are you trying to kill everyone? Yeah. There's like billions of people in the but, world. But he did yeah. have, there were a lot of lines that he had that just were hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about uh, vibranium. <laughs> he was like, the most versatile metal in the world. And they made a frisbee. <laughs> like, that was just funny. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. You know, keep, your, keep your friends rich and your enemies rich. And yeah. then wait to find out which is which. Right. And it's then my he, James he, he literally freaks the fuck out. And they're like, oh, Tony Stark says and then he he's cuts, like, no, you cunt. And then he, he cuts off Andy Serkis' song. You motherfucking cunt. I will rip out your clitoris and shove it down your other cunt. He says cunt like six times in that scene. He think, was angry. I don't think you, I don't think you remember this properly. I, my movie was way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, put it through, put the put the weed and script through the Pinot filter and see oh what you God, get. Oh God, it's filthy. That 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 was hilarious because that was Andy Circus. We saw Andy Circus act like I think yeah. that was one of the few Should times the movie we see, more. Yeah, we see Andy Circus not CGI. I like that character too. I don't know. I will make but, you see your worst fears. Like, like, you know what I'm afraid of? Those little fish that have the light fish. on them. <laughs> I was like, that was a legitimately really funny scene. Yeah. Um. I love the fact, like, when he was talking about Tony Stark and Ultron just out of sheer anger, like, rips off this dude's arm. And he's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I am I am so sorry. I am, you're going to be okay. I am almost sure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't like that he was reverse Robert Downey Jr. That's literally what he was. He was making Iron Man quips, and he was like, even, like, affecting an Iron Man-esque personality. Go back and watch it. You're looking at me with doubt in your little eyes, but you go back and that's exactly what happened. Okay. Anyway, his motivations, he didn't really even need motivations because he's a robot, but let's go back to Loki for a second. Why he worked so well in the Avengers movie. Because he had lead-up motivation, character development, and And we understood it. Yeah. Everything about that character made sense. Like, we totally get it. We could relate with him. He's he's the stepbrother that nobody loved. Um, Which is what you were your whole life. Right. And he's, it's an archetype, and it works for movies like this. Um, 
and we got to see him in other movies, so they he can didn't develop have the character. To, yeah, you didn't have to shoehorn in an origin story and a destruction story, and which is what this needed, and it didn't need to be shoehorned in because, like, if Ultron wasn't going to be in any other movies, fine. But if you're going to do that, you have to have him have enough screen time that we could understand what this character is. Yeah. Like I said, he literally, in that party scene, comes out of fucking nowhere. And then the movie just happens. From that point on, it's just shit happening. And I never feel like we got enough time to even process what was going on. It was like, okay, we're gonna have this competition trying to lift the hammer um, that we all saw from the Super Bowl. Uh, and then, like, Don Cheadle has his thing, his joke. There's another big problem. So many fucking cameos that didn't need to be there, just wasting time. Like, we didn't need anything about Rhodey. Um, we didn't need anything about fucking Alexander Skarsgård going to a magic pool with Thor. Like, why did he have to be in that okay, scene? Okay, yeah, that that one felt a little weird. <laughs> like, the why one, is he even here? The whole the whole Thor thing going to the magic pool. Oh, everything um, about Thor in this movie, like all of his yeah, that subplot felt, was fucking retarded. Yeah, that was that was shoehorned in, I think, for the third Thor film, mm. and it felt really weird. Like, actually, I was I was at the theater with Mike, and I, I turned to him when Thor like left to go to the pool and like had the whole thing where like elect. Electricity was coming out of him. I turned to him. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, explain exactly what happened in that scene. Now he had just had a, the the vision implanted in his head from um, Scarlet Witch that everybody got. Everybody got their worst fears, but for some reason his was different. He actually got a vision or something because he was like, "I think Wait. that was his worst fear." But I think he thought that there was some validity to it. But there was something that actually happened. Is what I'm saying is like that was like a psychic premonition type thing. Um, and then he goes back and finds out about the gems, and it sets up Ragnarok. Uh, we find out that fucking, uh, all of, uh, uh, what is the place? Asgard is completely fucked right now. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing about, like, the cameos for other characters, I disagree. I like the fact that it has the secondary characters in the film, because I feel like that ties the film together in a sense that it would be more natural than would be just having the main cast. I mean, sure, it feels a little crowded at points, but in every other Marvel film, I'm asking myself, where's Iron Man when Captain America is destroying this big helicarrier? You mm-hmm. could use his help right now, but seeing them all together really tied it together. It really tied it together in a sense where you know that these characters are here, yeah, and that they exist, and oh, having sure. having some party like that, like fuck it, sure. And I don't mean to sound like a, I, I don't think that there should be cameos, but when you don't have time to tell your fucking story, you don't have time to check in and say hi to people that are completely superfluous to that story. Mm. Um, all of the shit that happened in that party scene, if you cut it out of the movie. It would have been the same movie. It would probably have been better because we would have had more time to establish, like, the Wonder Twins and uh, Ultron. Ultron, yeah. your two main villains, whom all none of their motivations made any damn sense. Like, uh, the twins, why were they fighting with Nazis? Because they didn't like Tony Stark because he made weapons that blew up their town. Okay, I'm fine. But, like, are you really, even if that happens, like, let's put ourselves in that situation. Somebody... Uh, blows up New York tomorrow. Again. Again. And we find out that uh, uh, we did, and whoever, we're really mad about the people that did it, but then we find out that literally the Nazis 
because that's what Hydra is, just an offshoot of the Nazis, um, are still around and they need help with stuff. So we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna, in the year 2015, Michael, we're gonna help the Nazi party because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. No, there's still <laughs> fucking Nazis, dude. Like, oh, you know, right they didn't there, even that you <laughs> allied. With goddamn super Nazis. They even made that joke in the movie, they're like, the enemy of my enemy. And mm-hmm. they're like, it is most certainly not your friend. Don't make that mistake. Right. Uh, but it, it eliminates any kind of sympathy that I have for them because that's fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. how could you be that stupid? Like, and the whole thing with the experiments that were going on, um, the, Joss Whedon has this thing where it's like he doesn't want to get into exposition, like over-exposition, and that much I can appreciate, but then he will turn around and it will be like so simplistic that it's insulting, where they're like, okay, how did they survive? Um, Because they were angry. <laughs> they had the healing power of hatred on their side. I'm like, is that is that how we're going to justify that? They got their powers from experiments from... Hydra. Yeah, which Hydra has been experimenting on people in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's been an ongoing, recurring... But they all die. Most in of them this, die. they said they all die. Most of them die. So I don't care what's going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because this one, they said all of the other experiments did not work, except for these two. Um, okay. How did it work for them? It's probably genetic. Because the screenwriter needed it, too. Yeah, it's, it's magic. I don't fucking know. It's, they're taking a cue from the Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Star Trek 2 and just going with magic blood. And in a film where you're talking about, you know, it's a Norse god flying around with a genetically enhanced super soldier and, so, and I'm complaining about the use of magic and stupid stuff, um, one can say, well, it's kind of hypocritical. No, but it's not. The audience will believe the impossible, not the improbable. And in that case, I mean, um, you can do whatever you want in a fictional universe um, in terms of fantasy. But once you establish rules, you have to play by them. Um, Thor, being a god and everything, it all follows like a basic logic in these films. And he can't just up and do anything. He's not technically a god. He's just, they already said, like, the Asgardians, they're just kind of an advanced alien civilization that uh, you know that came to Earth and we worshipped them as gods because we didn't know the difference and their magic is just technology because technology is sufficient. Technology is indistinguishable from magic is whatever that line was. Um, In that one bonding scene that we got in Thor. Yeah. Uh, but in this, you had so many instances of, well, this thing does magic stuff, so this happened. Um... <laughs> This super technology chamber that can form a human being synthetic thing. Right. That can fly the Loki- and also have ill-defined powers. Yeah, the Loki Pokey stick has an infinity gem, so if you wave it at the internet, it turns into an unstoppable robot thing um, called Ultron. And that's what happened? There was an AI... That That is the most mysterious part of this whole movie. Um, they created the Ultron system. Right. In a movie that does not exist. They didn't do it in Iron Man 3. He blew all of his suits up. They didn't do it 
in any of the other films, they just said, oh, he and Bruce Banner have been working on this system that he would be like a suit of armor for the world. And well, they were, saying, they were saying that it was a... exposition. They were saying that it was a pipe dream that he had. Tony Stark was... Because uh, he was talking to Bruce Banner, and that's when he was talking about the Ultron program. And that's when he said, like, I thought that was just, like, a fantasy that you were talking about. Because uh, the whole plan is they wanted for Jarvis to be that suit of armor around the world. They wanted Jarvis to be the AI that, you know, was going to protect the world, the first line sure. of defense. But Jarvis was not advanced enough to um, function at that high of a capacity. The thing that makes me angry with these movies is they refer to Jarvis as if it's like a person, because they killed him off before, didn't they? In what? I want to say in one of those Iron Man movies, like, it blew up Jarvis, and that was one of, like, the emotional things. But... But any anyway, anyways, what I'm saying I, is like I can't get attached emotionally to a machine because why wouldn't you just have a backup? It's not even like a robot, like because the screenwriters need it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're saying. But uh, but so that was the plan. But Jarvis wasn't sufficient enough because he didn't have the processing power or some other upgrade him. technological term. Um, but the Infinity Stem, Stem Stone in uh the Loki Pokey Stick functioned as if it was a neural conscience. Mm-hmm. And uh, it brought up a display between, like, the way processes in Jarvis worked and the way that the stone communicated within itself. And mm-hmm. Bruce Banner was like, that looks like neurons firing. Like, that's in- incredibly complex. So they replicated the uh, the Loki Pokey Stick's own communication system. It happened way too fast. Yeah, because it was, a, it was a like montage. Ridiculously complex, everything that you just said. Yeah. And they were just like, well, no, 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 no we got to get to the party. Yeah, and, um, then, and then so they just they made an AI around that same type of technology, and boom, you have Ultron. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I found this crazy AI based on this magic thing that we don't understand that our enemies have been using remember, against us constantly. Let me that put we- that in this murder bot. <laughs> Let me That is just what we need. Remember remember that thing that was used almost to destroy the entire world? I'm gonna give it access to the internet. Right. So uh Tony Stark is retarded in this movie. But I can I can see how that'll play into Civil War. Sighted. I can I can see how that'll play into Civil no War. No interest in seeing Civil War anymore. Which is a shame. It's not directed by a. Uh, I know even it's, it's directed, directed by, by the Winter Soldier uh, duo. Winter Soldier people. Yeah. Even Avengers: Infinity War is going to be directed by the Winter Soldier duo. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Russo brothers. I can't remember their names. Yeah. Anyway, um, so in watching this, everything that you said made perfectly fine fake logic sense. <laughs> Um, it made movie logic. I just watching this film, I did not get that at all. It happened way too fast. It was too poorly explained. So what um, you're saying is so, you're too slow. No, this movie is cut in such a way that it needs more time. That's what he said about his last girlfriend, too. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, so that's two. Those are the two big ones. The other third big one with that, where it's just like, oh, magic all of a sudden. Fucking the vision. Um, so that's the perfect suit that Ultron wants to make for himself so he has a perfect body. Yeah. Because much like Radiohead, he wants a perfect body. He wants a perfect soul. He wants you to notice when he's not around, but you won't because the whole human race is dead. He makes himself a a new thing, and then they steal it. The twins rebel because they're like, oh, wait. 
I know we don't have the best track record. I mean, first we were going along with Nazis because we were angry. And then we went along with this murder bot who told <laughs> us he wanted still angry. to kill everyone in the world. But now we're going to go along with the Avengers and we're going to help you. And they take the thing back and... Um, Tony Stark is like, well, you know that thing that we just did that almost doomed humanity? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. That's when, <laughs> that's, that's when Bruce Banner was like, he, he told Bruce Banner, he was like, trust me. And he was like, I'm not going to do that right now. And then so they fight about it. They have another Avengers fighting themselves, and that's exactly why I have no interest in seeing Civil War. It's because every time the Avengers get together, we see a Civil War. Um, of sorts. And then... Thor comes out and jacks off on the box and out pops Vision, who has a cape, because he's like, Thor's cape is cool. And yeah. yeah. And he shakes out a cape. Because he could do that. Because why wouldn't he be able to do that? He's basically the Dr. Manhattan of the Marvel I Cinematic don't. Universe. I, nothing about that character makes any goddamn sense to me. I don't know what the fuck it is. They're just like, oh, it's a god in a box. <laughs> Well, it's you know, literally, literally Deus Ex Machina, God from the Machine. Well, you know, it was, and that was the thing too. Like Thor asks him at one point, like, "What are you?" And uh, Vision like, responds, oh. <laughs> "Vision responds, it's not important. Let's go fight." Vision responds, "I am," and that is what fucking oh, Jesus fucking... said. No. Yeah, isn't it wrong? It's Who said what, that? Well, Moses said. I came from he who is called I am, um, the Tetragrammaton, the YHWH, which they pronounce either Yahweh or Jehovah, um, means I am, but it is God. I guess if you're one of them Trinitarians and think Jesus is God, then maybe you're right. Fuck you anyway. Whatever you just said went right over my head. Um, but no, and it was, it was like the complete... The most bold. I was waiting for like. I kind of. I did laugh at. I completely forgot that that happened, but I laughed out loud. And like the guys, it was another. The, for me, this was facepalm the motion picture where I'm just like, oh, that's stupid. Oh, that's stupid. Then he's like, "What are you?" He's like, "I am." I was like, <sighs> literally the created god, and he was in this movie to. F- fix the problem because they didn't need to they couldn't solve the problem so they're like what do we we brought ourselves into a wall let's make Jesus and you know and the only thing is like that would have been fine I think for me if they had given him more than like two minutes of screen time I feel like we we get to see vision and then we don't see vision for a very very long time and there's random it's shots okay. of like him punching something I don't, to really... remind you that he's there but he doesn't really do anything like he cuts off Ultron's connection to the internet at one point and that's pretty much the extent of what he does that's the thing like Jarvis hid himself on the internet right yeah but Ultron was the internet yeah so you see my confusion here yeah (laughs) anyway Vision, I don't really just have a problem with, with him as a character, because, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a DC fan. He's just it, stupidly overpowered characters. It was but. really funny, like, at the end, when Captain America was like, time to whip up the new recruits into shape, and Vision was there, and I'm like, the fuck are you gonna do to whip him into what, shape? What, like, what, he's what basically God. And you already have You have a fucking shield. A you like, have a shield. We already had a God, now we have God. And just, where do you go from there? Um... 
Although it was really funny in that one line where, like, Ultron told Vision, like, you're so naive. And Vision responds, well, I was born yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, it was one of those. Um, Weedonisms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I liked about the Vision origin scene um, was, of course, and the party scene, we set up the whole hammer and nonsense. Yeah, and he just picks it up and hands it and to him. And then the, the, like, the gasp from the theater was kind of like unlike anything that I've ever heard. Um, because it wasn't just like a cheap, oh my god, I'm scared kind of thing, obviously. It was just like, oh, he's got the weird oh man. And everybody had the same realization at the same time. And I went back and, like, I've looked on YouTube at, like, other people that, like, film the thing with their cell phone cameras, and it's it's universal. It's, like, that is such a well-done um, kind of manipulation moment where the audience reacted in the exact same way that they were supposed to every time that this film is ever screened. Where they're like, oh, look, he's an elevator or something. That was what happened at the end. That was actually really funny to me, because I never that thought about was. it. I was like, it... You know, and what I liked about the first um, Avengers movie is there's he finds a way to inject, like, fanboy conversations into the film where you're just like, well, who would win? And, well, what? Yeah, but what if Thor's hammer hit Captain America's shield? And then he's like, okay, we'll just do that. And then, but it just, it does. It makes you think of, like, one of those conversations, like, well, nobody could lift the hammer, but, like, what if you put it in an elevator? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be lifted. I just, just, I, it is one of those comic book nerd conversations that you would have at Midtown. I'm just imagining, like, Joss Whedon just sitting at Midtown, like, listening yeah. one day. And then Captain Marvel's, well, does that mean the elevator's worthy? Like, <laughs> elevator can't be worthy. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, overall, my opinion on this movie, which I hate... And find insulting, and you know why? Like you could look at a movie like Man of Steel, coming which off is the just... heels of Guardians and Winter Soldier. Yeah, well, it, and that's a, that's just it. You could look at a movie like Man of Steel, which is shit, um, but you didn't have any expectations for it. It was like, well, Zack Snyder doesn't have a great track record, um, to say <laughs> yeah. the least. He has a great track record when he doesn't touch anything other than the camera. Right, he's really good at taking a storyboard and then filming it. But if he has to do anything beyond that, uh, if he has to think, Put no. the pencil down. Right. Don't touch the script. He shouldn't have anything to do with the writing of a film, he, or really directing one. He should be a DP. Um, you know, and that, and that was the thing. Like, This was one of the films where, with the Avengers, there were so many things. It, it Okay, it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like the after effects and the setup for the rest of the universe. Yeah, sort of. Um, versus, yeah, I, I versus, see what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like everything was either concluding story arcs from way uh, from phase two, mm-hmm. or starting up story arcs for phase three. Right. And that's all the movie was. Um, the first Avengers film was a cohesive film where you bring all these people together and they clash, and it, it was like the end of an era. You know, it's mm-hmm. the first time like the Avengers are on screen. Yeah. This one just, like, the shock's worn off and now we're just kind of going with it. Right, Like, right. I, I mean, I still found it really entertaining and definitely worth, like, admission price. But a lot of people, I think... Prices. Yeah, but what I think... A, $16. Um, but a lot of people, I think, are going to be confused by this movie because you can't just go in and watch just this movie. Mm-hmm. You have to go and binge watch 
every other Marvel film and even some of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in right. order to understand what the fuck's going on. And it's only going to get worse as time goes on because it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that's what I texted you. I texted you immediately after I came out of the movie and I was like, well, I guess Marvel's not actually making movies anymore. Um, it's just this thing. I think Marvel at this point is just going to make one 50-hour-long movie, and that's all mm-hmm. it's going to be. And that's, you know, I, I, I now call into question uh, whether or not I agree with this whole multimedia juggernaut thing that it is. And we always talk about, like, well, these DC shows, why don't they have any continuity? Why can't they do that? And this movie proved to me why you don't do that because you can't after a certain point it just gets to be too much there you cannot expect an audience to follow everything that's going on now um and that's why they're keeping the two tv universe and the movie universe kind of separate um everything that's happening on television doesn't necessarily have to do with anything happening in the movies. Like, they happen concurrently and they exist in the same universe, but their stories don't intertwine. But you can't. Because if I, if you're going to expect to sell tickets to, you know, everybody in the grandma, which they do to this movie, and they have, uh, you can't expect them to have watched all of Daredevil or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or now coming up fucking... Power Man and, 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 and... The Defenders of New York, Jessica Jones, yeah. and hopefully The Punisher. All of that shit. You can't. You cannot expect someone to follow it all. And now... Unless it, you're me. Well, there's... Yeah, it's and it's great for people like like you um, and other, like, really, really hardcore... God, you, you sounded so, like, like... You. You sounded so like fucking... Fucking people. Like, you're just like, you detest my very existence. <laughs> Again, a little bit on purpose, but like, um, no, it's great for people like that who are really passionate about it because it's like they've it, it wasn't so easy to be a comic book fan, you know, 20 years ago. I wouldn't know. Well, it's like you didn't, like, you only had comics, you had like cartoons and stuff, but nothing had anything to do with it, and you really had to go out of your way to consume, um, uh, uh the genre, but. Now it's like they're doing, they're bending over backwards to please like hardcore fans. And that's fine. But at the same time, you can't expect the general audience to follow all that crap. You can't. Um, and when I think about like what they're doing with the Justice League, uh, having a new Flash that isn't the Flash on TV, I'm like, I totally understand why they're not now. Um, there, it would be too much fucking baggage. Because everything that they've done on the Flash show now, or the Green Arrow show, um, would have to carry over to the movies. Then you would have to expect people to know what the fuck happened, and how can you do that? Um, so it's just, it makes more sense to just do it like, yeah, but you know, this that- is the story that we're telling. We're going to tell a story, as opposed to uh, tell every, every story. story. Yeah. But you know, and that was that was a thing too with Flash and Arrow, the way that they're converging now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're converging so often where like they'll mention like, "Can we get Barry?" and they're like, "Barry's kind of dealing with a lot. Let's not call Barry." Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you you alluded to it earlier. Um, there has always been a problem, and it happens in comics. It's just like if you're gonna have single runs of things, like if you're gonna have either you know a Batman comic book versus a Justice League comic book or you're going to have a Thor movie versus a Avengers movie it's like 
well, what is everybody else doing when fucking Joker is attacking Gotham City? Yeah. Why is Batman ha- forced to deal with this by himself? Why not just call Superman and everybody Have else? Have him fix the problem entirely. Or, like, literally anybody else. There's, like, tens of thousands of people within this universe that could help you um, or help anyone else at any given time. Um, so there, you, there's that willing suspension of disbelief that you have to go and I'm like, well, Superman's busy something. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, but I think it's, it's, that, it's that constant questioning that I have when watching The Flash and Arrow because I, I think that this first season of The Flash is infinitely better than the current season of Arrow. Um, but still, like watching Flash will motivate me to watch the Arrow because I want to see what's going on. Whether or not I enjoy the Arrow at this point or not is a question that's completely beside the point. But I watch it anyways just to see what else is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that that whole convergence thing—it's it's a little frustrating at points to try and see what's going on and when it's going on. Like, I'm sure in in the years to come, people are going to be confused as fuck with the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not numbered, yeah. so they're, they're going to be, wait, do I watch Iron Man 2 first, or do I watch Captain America first, do I watch the... Thor 2 first, do I watch I Avengers first, what do I, yeah, what do I do? Fast and the Furious fan four stick. Um, oh god, we're not mentioning that. <laughs> Speaking uh, of which, I think they might have bait and switched us. What do you mean? Um, because if you if you watch the second trailer for Fan Four Stick, um, they're talking about like how many people survived on this whole you know journey into the whatever the see through zone, mm-hmm. um, and they're saying only four. So that ventures the question: Is there a fifth person? Did they actually take Doctor Doctor yeah, Doom? Yeah, it's like that guy in the Beatles before they hired Ringo that dropped out of the Beatles and said, "You guys, you're never going to be anything." Yeah. And then that guy literally shot himself in the face. I bet because. God, how do you live that? They kicked him out. I'm sorry, guy uh, from Fifth Beetle. <laughs> Maybe you're listening right now. And he's like, everybody gets my story wrong. <laughs> Haven't I suffered enough? What was his name again? You know, know, there used to be this guy in Hawaii, um, and he was the guy who came up with the uh, famous Amos Cookie thing. Mm-hmm. But he got, like, severely fucked over in a legal contract, and I think got $10,000. And they usually how it goes. And they got all the rights to use his name, to use his recipe, to use his likeness, and everything. So he now sells his own cookies out of the back of his van called Weymouth Cookies, and he explains how he got fucked over. This is the saddest thing I ever heard. Also, I would never in a million years have expected Famous Amos, the guy on that cookie cover, to have come from Hawaii. Yeah, well, I don't know if he came from Hawaii, but he's there now. Yeah, he's like in Waikiki every day. It's actually rather creepy. Okay. Um, yeah, big universe. And the other unintended consequence of having all of this now is it doesn't seem like they have an end game in mind anymore. It's uh, like Thanos. What the fuck is Thanos' plan? Yeah, I see. Here's the question I had. Because uh, at the end of the film, the, the stinger is... Uh, the Than- same one that we saw at the end of the first Avengers movie, basically. And it's the same thing we saw, basically, at the uh, the Phase 3 announcement ceremony, uh, where he goes and he, he puts on the gauntlet, he's like, fine, I'll get the gauntlet. I'll do it, it myself. In- it, it was in Thor's vault in the first film. And that's why... And it oh, had, well, you know what? Loki's it- ruling Asgard right now, and they were besties. So, and it- fine. I'll and- give them that. And at that point, it had all the gems in it. Mm-hmm. In the first Thor film, all the gems were in it already. Yeah, you know, but the part of the problem... like. That Easter egg, I don't think that they realized what they were doing. They were like, hey, it almost looked like a fucking Infinity Gauntlet toy that you'd go buy at a comic book store. They're like, let's put this in here because it'll be cute. 
no one's gonna see that and then this happens and they're like oh fuck we forgot to take the things up shit (laughs) (laughs) it's okay they'll just George Lucas it and digitally edit out they'll put a bunch of rocks in front of it (laughs) (laughs) make a giant space monster walk in front of it (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck Thanos' plan is. Um, I'm going to c- continue to call him Thanos because that's what I said in the comics, and I don't care what they say in the movies. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that's been pissing me off about all the movies is that we already know there's another villain out there. So we're basically just fighting all the mini-bosses to the, the point thing, where right. we can fight the main boss. I, I said that in the, in the massive wall of text that I sent you at some point last night. Um, it's just like... Oh, I, God. I woke up, and I had 26 unread messages. Uh, and I, yeah, like, I was just like, like why aren't you talking to me anymore? He, you do this. But like, we'll have a conversation, and then I'll say something. And then it hits 3 a.m., and I a fall response. asleep. No, this was not... A, I was asleep by 3 a.m. Um, this maybe went till like, 11. Yeah. 11. But, 1130. Uh, oh, there you go. What are you going to do? It was a Friday night. It's a city that never sleeps, you bitch. Um, knowing that there's this bigger threat out there, it underscores all of the fucking tension from anything else that could possibly happen in this movie. Yeah. And this enti- the entire plot to this film was basically like, okay, Tony Stark wants to protect the world. Oh, I fucked it up. Well, let's go back and fix it. And so by the end of the Ultron plot, it's just like, everything that happened in this film... Is irrelevant because you end up back at square one? Yeah, but you end up back at square one, and the, the entire conflict was just you fixing your own problem. Which is the whole problem I had with that movie, Nine. Yeah. If you've ever uh, seen no. it. No. It was the one Tim Burton film where uh had Elijah Wood and John C. Riley where they're all the burlap bag things. Yeah, yeah I remember and, that video game. And, and the main character inadvertently kills, like six of the remaining nine people on the face of the planet. Uh-huh. And then by the time everything's done, it's like, oh, there's only three of us now. Yeah. But everything's better because we <laughs> fixed it, right? Right, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like you just took a step backwards at this point, and it's all your fault. Yeah. I just, I really, like, it's, it's killing me now because I want them to advance this fucking storyline with Thanos, and none of the movies are doing it. Like, I feel like they introduced him way too fucking soon. Um, because now, every time, we're like, we're expecting fucking Darth Vader to show up, but he never does. All we get is a bunch of stormtroopers. <laughs> um, and a Darth Maul. Every movie has its own Darth Maul, basically. Yeah. He's here to be cool yeah, for a couple minutes, and then they kill him off. Oh, the, and they'll take major fucking villains from the comics, and then just kill him. Mandarin. I think that was the only Marvel villain that, like, the adaptation really pissed me off. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would say that... I, I am shocked that they went in that direction, especially with a character that was, you know... That iconic? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's an Iron Man villain, so saying the word iconic, I mean, that... Right. That, well... But what I will say about that is, I for I don't care about the Mandarin, because I'm not an Iron Man fan. In fact, nobody is. This has been proven by science. Everyone's a Tony Stark fan. Mm-hmm. Or, no, everyone's a Robert Downey Jr. fan. No, no, before, yeah, before that movie, no one was ever an Iron Man fan. No one had ever bought an Iron Man comic. And it begs the question, why do they make them? I actually, I was explaining, oh, ah, God, how old was I? It was when Civil War had just ended. Um, fuck, how long ago was I was probably in middle school. And um, my father asked me, well, who's that on the other cover and I was like oh that's the guy who got into an argument and fought Captain America and eventually kind of led to his death and my father responded 
what an asshole. <laughs> well, it's true. But I didn't mind what they did with the Mandarin just because I had no attachment to the character. And I was like, oh, it was, it was still... Like the plot of that movie, I, I, I literally, I literally cringed when Guy Pierce was like, "You're looking for the Mandarin? I am the Mandarin." I'm like, "No, no, Guy Pierce." And then he did this. <laughs> yeah. I can't he made see his eyes it right squinty. now. I, I just did a re. I did <laughs> made my eyes look Asian. Oh God! I wish that happened so bad. Granted, the actual Mandarin wasn't even fucking Asian. No, he was British. He was Gandhi. He was Gandhi, who was not Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. God. But, yeah, I, the whole plot with that, I don't care about anything else that's going on because I know that there's this bigger threat. Uh, what I said in the text was, it was like having a nuclear bomb aimed at your head and you're running around bitching about a stubbed toe. Like... It's like, yeah, I get that this presents a more immediate threat, but I'm also completely cognizant through every moment of this movie that there's there's another major thing happening and you're not doing anything about it. Y'all know about it. They don't really know about Thanos, but they do know that there's, like, holy fuck, um, there's a bunch of space (laughs) demons. You know, I want to see, like, the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like, end... With Thanos, like, walking up, killing all the Guardians, and just taking the gem and leaving. Yeah. Like, just obliterate... Or, like, the Novacore planet. The planet that... Oh, my God, that'd be cool. The planet that Novacore is on, like, have that whole plot, because they're holding that one, the purple one, the ether, right? Mm-hmm. Just go to, just go to like, kill everyone in the Novacore. Take the thing, be like, okay, movie's over. And, you know, there we get... We get Nova. We can have Nova in the next Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Who can also be poorly defined and barely explained and just show up halfway through the film and then fix everything. Yeah. Um, and now the other thing, Spider-Man. I'm going to laugh so hard if John C. Riley ends up being Nova. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you hear who the, uh, the most, well, they're not confirming nor denying who it is. What? Is Asa Butterfield, who played Ender in Ender's Game. He has a delicious sounding name. <laughs> He's the, uh. Have you tried the new Asa Butterfield? I, I can't. You know, if you, I heard on that on uh, Machinima ETC, um, they were they were saying that uh, if he isn't selected for the role, what they're gonna what we're always gonna know from now on is I can't believe it's not Butterfield. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't he like twelve? In my mind, he's twelve, and I'm picturing the kid from um, Ender's Game. No, I'm picturing the kid from X Men Three that had the cure and his blood. And they're like the whole plot was like they were just like, "Hey kid, give me all your blood," and then he ran through a bunch of walls or something. And he was like, I "No, my blood's supposed to be inside movie. my." That's probably a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why when I hear the word Asa Butterfield because I didn't see Ender's Game and I could not put this kid's uh, face to his name. Oh sure, he he looks like the way he dresses and everything. But I'm picturing like Peter that Parker. kid from X Men Three. Was that him? I don't no, think. there's no way. I that was like that's him, yeah. ten year difference. Ace of butter. Oh fuck! I put ass bitter. That's not it. <laughs> but still good. Why is your ass so bitter? Because <laughs> Butterfield. <laughs> okay, here he is. He looks like he's ten. Yeah, he does. How old but is he? I think he's like seventeen or something. 
but like your age. I think that makes up for like when Tobey Maguire was thirty and playing Spider Man. Mm, I mean, I I don't know what they're gonna do with Spider Man. Um, I was hoping that they were gonna just get Donald Glover. It's never gonna happen. Um, oh, he's eighteen. Good for him. He yeah. looks like he's... T- well, we, I don't know when that picture was taken. Uh, okay, yeah. here, here's more... This looks more current. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my official response. <laughs> I mean, he's not Taron Egerton, who I hoped would be Spider-Man. I but didn't think that was ever going to happen, though. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, like, I, I can dream, Peter. Don't take away my dreams. I loved him in that movie, and I think he's great. But I don't really necessarily see him as Peter Parker. I couldn't necessarily see him as Eggsy. Yeah, but nobody read that comic. I did. I gave you the comic. You had it in your room for like seven months and you still didn't read it. That's why I'm convinced why you don't have any eyes. (laughs) Well. Yeah, um, so, Avengers, guys, uh, don't go see it. You already have. I, statistically, you already have. I enjoy it. I will probably see it again just to understand, for nothing else, what the fuck's going on. Um, I I enjoy okay, it. but let's talk about I, I I'm I'm not done. I just I'm not done. Good because now God. I well I'm done with the movie. Um, but I just like going forward in this Marvel universe. First of, I just don't care about Spider Man being in these movies now, and I hate to say it, but I don't. Because what is he gonna add to it? Spiders. He does this webs. <laughs> He's like, oh hey, hey uh, Thanos. I really want to see I want to see Daredevil in a Marvel movie or in uh, oh, Avengers hey, just Thanos. to see what he does. Bonk with my- <laughs> I just I just want to see what he does. Like what are they going to do with him? Like Daredevil's a fantastic fucking show, but in the scheme of things, what the fuck is he going to do? Can you imagine Daredevil it's sitting like a on a poor man's it's just, he's a poor man's Bruce Wayne. Can you imagine like Matt Murdock sitting on a bench and sharing a sandwich with Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> I don't know. I am Groot. Talking to each other on the kick. fuck? Like, they, they exist in the same universe. They do. Like, picture that for a minute. Picture, like, all of those um, villains, like, on the, on, on the building, like, before the Empire State Building, and then, like, Groot walking by. And I, just, no, just occupying I, the same space. What I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Matt Murdock at the Avengers Tower party. And, you know, everyone having that dick measuring contest that they did and him going, like, so who did you take out? I was like, well, I took out Wilson Fisk. What was his superpower? Well, he was... He was kind of fat. He was kind of fat. <laughs> he had lots of money. Yeah, he had, like, armor in his blazer or something. <laughs> <laughs> he almost killed me. <laughs> he beat the ever-living piss out of me. What's your I superpower? I'm blind. <laughs> That's not a superpower, damn it! That's a disability. He's like, well, I can kind of see, but I can't make out like textures. Are like, still sounds like a disability. <laughs> we're we're less t- of one. <laughs> <laughs> you're still not. You're still not quite on par with everybody hey, else. Hey, hey Stark! Thing. Stark! Make this guy robot eyes. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick! He'll he'll put machine guns in your suit. He'll make everything better. Oh, I I forgot to bring that up, but it was another thing that bugged me. The whole. Buster thing, the Veronica armor. Veronica Mars. Why wouldn't Tony Stark wear that all the time? Why? Why do we need a Hulk anymore? <laughs> it can 
gives him all the same powers as the Hulk, only he's also Rocket still Iron Man. You get the best of both both <laughs> worlds, literally, because the Hulk is a borderline uncontrollable murder beast <laughs> who doesn't want to be there. He hates it. He, he almost killed himself. He, he put a bullet in his mouth. To try to end his horrible life because he hates being the Hulk so much. But they told him he had to be on the Avengers because they needed a Hulk. And now they have a Hulk and an Iron Man in the same person. And that suit is completely replicatable now because, like, anybody can wear the Iron Man suit because you don't need the arc reactor thing in your heart like he did. Which the, I, I was hoping they would touch on or explain at least in some format, but they nope. didn't. Nope. You know what Tony Stark's plan should have been instead of making an unstoppable murder bot? <laughs> Make a Hulk. Make a bunch of Iron Man suits that he already did and then, like, hand them out to <laughs> good guys. Because he wants to make this whole army of other, like, electronic Iron Man. Because he did with Peter Parker. He made Peter Parker the Iron Spider suit. Yeah. And he gave it, he gave it to him, what, on his 20th birthday or something? I don't know. It was in Civil I'm not clear on what that costume that was, actually did. That was the most Tony Stark move ever. You give a 20-year-old a fucking suit made of metal with rocket launchers on it. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, kid. Yeah. Yeah, why not, dude? But, like, yeah, just, like, dude, like, you still got a team of Avengers. And, like, he was walking away, and you have, like, this whole thing where he's no longer a part of the team, I guess. And he's all sad about it. And he's like, man, it would be so great if they still had an Iron Man. Because I'm really an important part of this team. And never once did it occur to him that he does not have superpowers. He has a suit that anybody could put on. And the government already stole one, so I don't know why they haven't mass-produced the others yet. It's like they tried and they fucked it up, but they could they could figure it out. Remember I don't one, know. Have you seen remember that government? one that North Korea made? And it like ripped that dude's arm off. I want to. I want to. I, I want them to touch, uh, get, uh, like go and check up on North Korea's Iron Man suit program. Well, Japan is making a fully functional Gundam. They already did that like a bunch of times. No, like fully. No, functional. like in real life, they've done that. Like they did that. It was in like Weno Park for a long time, and then they tore it down. No, I'm, I'm not talking, like, life-size. I'm talking about fully functional. Missiles, plasma blades. I'll show you fully functional. Flaunt. I don't know what that means. But I'll do it. Thank you for joining us. This has been an, <laughs> another exciting episode of Off Time Drive. If you don't hear from me in the next week, that means I'm dead. And in little pieces. In little pieces. And the incinerator. <sighs> God, and Pino's still pissed off about the Avengers. Anyways. Um, moving forward, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know. There's nothing that they could really do to solve this problem until they just either get rid of Thanos, just make that plot happen. Come on. Or kill off the team. What is the next Avengers movie going to be? It's going to have Scarlet Witch and the guy with wings and the and god Falcon robot. And War Machine. And God. And, and Black Iron Man. <laughs> God. Oh God. Um, and that's the new... That's, well, that from is what a, I... That from, is a boring team. From what I understand is that Avengers Infinity War Part 1... That means they have two black people on the team. That has never happened in a comic book movie. They also have a red person on the team. He's kind of pink. He's magenta. Um, from what I understand, they're going to... Wa- they're going to roster wipe the entire Phase 1 team. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in Avengers Infinity War Part 1, and Part 2 will be the coming together of everyone else in order to fight Thanos and bring order to the galaxy. Yeah, um, Spider-Man, I guess, will be on the team doing nothing, you know, of... Swinging, hanging about. Swinging. Daredevil will be on the team. And swinging. And swinging. I don't know. Um, yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil will be on the team. With his blind guy stick. You know, I was thinking last night, it was, it was, it was when I was coming home from the Avengers movie, it was about three in the morning, and I was walking back by myself through Hell's Kitchen, because mm-hmm. uh, I went and saw it down on 23rd Street. It's really dangerous for a young girl like yourself. <laughs> and I was, I was walking down, and I was thinking, what if I were to be stabbed? I'm technically not in Hell's Kitchen right now, so what if I were to, like, get stabbed, and Daredevil shows up, and he's like, I'm here to stab, oh wait. No wait, I'm out of hell's. Oh, you're, you're never mind. See ya. Out of my zoning limits. You're out of out of my jurisdiction. Um, come find me when you come. You know, six blocks north. Yeah. It's a really small section of Manhattan. It is a hell's kitchen. Is really small. So is your face. Yeah, that's arguable. The surface area of my nose is enough to cover hell's kitchen. Anyways, I don't understand how you think that your nose. My is grandmother, my grandmother, growing up, always used to tell me that when I was born, the only thing that was visible was my nose. And uh, as I was, well, gr- that's really rude and hurtful. And I, but, like, and I was, was growing up, um, my nose complex, clearly, but my nose stayed the same size, and I just got bigger around it. That may be so. I have not. Well, actually, I have seen a picture of you younger. You were standing in front of an explosion, and you were looking at it. <laughs> You know what's funny is, like, you kind of... Um, Can you please put that in, like, the link dump or something? <laughs> sure. Um, uh, I, I won't, but I could. I have that capability. <laughs> I'm just not going to... But not the attention it. span. Um, I, you, you literally... You did not look like a child. You looked like a smaller version of yourself. Like, you complete... <laughs> like, you grew proportionately larger, which is scientifically impossible. <laughs> that was my superpower. It was just like, yeah, you didn't look like a child. You just looked like a smaller Mikey Chan. And then I watered you and grew like a chia pet. You fed me after midnight. <laughs> and then I turned into who I am today. You have the same, like, hair, same face. So in other words, everything, nothing's improved. Well, yeah, but it didn't get worse either. So... Could be worse. You could have grown up to have um, no penis. <laughs> it could be Bruce Jenkins. <laughs> I could have grown up and my balls could have twist. Oh wait. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you did get a little worse. <laughs> Technically, you are like a third of a ball shy of where you are in that picture. <laughs> Well, that's, that seems like a good place to end it. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Or if you're not, fuck you, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm uh, Greg Daniels. I'm still waiting for Superman, Death of Superman Lives to come out, which I guess has come out officially in Los what? Angeles. Yeah, Death of Superman Lives had the premiere screening. Um, it's cancer. That's great. Uh, not that you have cancer, but uh, the Superman thing. I'm happy about that. Uh, yeah. We saw that guy. You weren't there. Nicolas um, Cage? No, we saw the guy that directed that movie. 
Tim Burton. He was at the Kevin Smith thing that was at the Manhattan Center. Not Tim Burton. He was just randomly sitting in the audience. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, guys. We weren't really friends back then. Yeah, we were. We did like four podcasts by that point. Yeah, but we didn't like you. Well, you still don't like me. No, that's not true. Um, I never liked you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. When we bought, like, we bought the tickets to that like months in advance. No, you didn't. Yeah, we literally did. No, you didn't. I saw you like the week before. Like, hey, I picked up our tickets. I picked them up from the box office. Sure. Go fuck I yourself. You. Go fuck yourself. I don't know. I call you all the time, and you never want to do anything. So it's like, like uh, retroactively, I was like, why would he want to come see Kevin Smith? Because he's Kevin Smith. <laughs> They're like, you want to hang out with you? I'm like, no. You want to hang out with Kevin Smith? Fuck yeah. <laughs> we didn't hang out with Kevin Smith. That's hung out around Kevin Smith. That's good enough. That's true. It's like I'm not talking to Kevin Smith, but I'm in the vicinity of where he is talking, so it's good enough. I was really hoping that he stayed in the New York. He might have. I fuck if I know, but like, uh, it would have been cool. Didn't so you like stay like that entire Saturday and just waited in the lobby? Yeah, I had my penis out. I was masturbating the whole time. That's why you got kicked out, right? That's why you're no longer living mm-hmm. here. Yeah. In fact, I don't know why security still let you up. I thought you were banned. You ever think about like? how many times you've masturbated in a particular building because in this one for me it's a lot um because i used to live here not really it's like if i think about (laughs) it's not it's not a thought i think ever has crossed my mind really well it should be like think about that like keep a tally of all of the places that you've done that so for you it would be like you probably hear quite a bit yeah here quite a bit in hawaii obviously a lot on the subway a bunch of times phone number call right now yeah want to are we recording yep all right let's okay wait we gotta remember this number because i can't i can't remember it and type it at the same time ready ready now yes eight one eight eight one eight seven 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 one thousand this number sounds made up Put it on speaker. Well, who are we calling? I know someone at NBC. And why? Because we're going to tell them to renew Constantine. Okay. NBC Universal. Hi, can we ask for the comments line, please? One moment. Thank you. You have reached the viewer services comment line. Please leave your comments and we will forward <laughs> them to the appropriate parties. Thank I, you. I don't believe that. Your thoughts matter, we swear. (laughs) This is Off Time Jive Podcast from the New York area, hoping that you renew Constantine for a second season, because it's one of the few shows on television programming that pushes boundaries and is very edgy and interesting in ways that other shows on your network are not. 
That was rude. Well, it's true. Hashtag the slap. I and I don't know if you well like it's not your network, but if you could, could you like cancel Gotham? <laughs> <laughs> That's also really bad. You I don't like that show. You mentioned at one point that you maybe jumped on the comic book bandwagon too soon, but I don't think that's correct. I think you gave it a unfair advantage an, an unfair disadvantage airing it on a Friday night because everyone knows that Friday nights for television is like old people in Florida. You send them there because you don't expect anything from them, and it's just going to die. If you're going to be mean, they're not going to listen to you. All right, please do it. Please renew it. Hashtag save Constantine. We love you. Even the slap and Howie Mandel's head is shiny.